0: And welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Back for another dose on the pod is superfan and coach Ben Clark. Only one race to look back from this weekend, and that was the men's downhill from Kvitfeld, Norway. The Super G was cancelled due to poor weather conditions yet again. We will also talk through this coming weekend's racing as it will be the last of the 2020 season as the World Cup tour comes to a premature end. But what a weekend it will be. Across Both the men and the women's, we have the overall, the GS and the Slalom Tour title to decide. Ben, after a disappointing weekend of racing, how much are you looking forward to this one?
1: Luckily for me, I'm going to be in Colorado this weekend. Hanging out with all the Schifrin fans, packing out the bars, ignoring all the virus talk. (laughs) And uh, uh, hopefully seeing uh, Schifrin return to the Tour Uh, with a bang yeah well let's hope let's hope
0: Uh, she has talked about it on social media platforms saying that she is traveling to RA2 with the thought of potentially racing she hasn't said that she's definitely racing she said that she's going there see how she feels when she gets there uh, and then um, and fingers crossed for all our ski racing fans that she's in a position where she feels like she can come and race and deliver uh, her best skiing. But we'll talk a little bit more about that in a uh, a few moments. But we'll have a look back quickly at this weekend's racing. Uh, We did only get one
1: race off. I am (laughs) sick and tired (laughs) of weather this season.
0: So annoying. Such a frustrating weekend. Um, Matthias Meyer took the win, uh, killed a Nearly, nearly taking a home snow victory in second. And then, slightly surprisingly, was uh, Carlo Janka picking up a uh, a podium, taking third place in the only race this weekend. Um, I just want to do two seconds of gloating uh, (laughs) as I did manage to call uh, uh, Maya for the win. Those of you that have joined in with our um, Pick the Ski Racing podcast podcast, Predictions League um, Malcolm Erskine and I both picked uh, Matthias Meyer for the win. Actually, Malcolm picked last week's second place as well, so he's racking up the points. Uh, and a very good shout for Ross Eaglesham, who managed to choose Yanka, the only man or woman that wrote into the pod, tweeted in at us, uh, and picked Yanka. So there was only one person that picked up a single yanka point.
1: How did Luke and Marcel do? Uh
0: Luke and Marcel no points, nil point. Uh although that they're in some esteem company because the vast majority of people that that joined us in with our pick predictions picked Foytz for the uh for the win and he finished just off the podium in um in fourth place, but he did manage to with that win which he'd already wrapped up the uh, downhill globe. So that was, he was sort of swan-songing a little bit when it comes to sort of a bit of a... Not that he was taking his foot off the gas, but
1: I'm sure he's not that bothered. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He looked like he was skiing quite well. Had a couple of really tiny mistakes, Um, but I really thought he was looking like his normal self, like he wanted uh, the win. I mean, incredible skiing from Maya. I thought Kildra had done enough. It looked good, didn't it? His run. I mean, it was hard to tell, obviously, with him going down number three. But he just looked like there were no issues anywhere on his run, and it goes to show that Maya coming back from his little bout of flu pre coronavirus. Yes. Um, uh, breaking out all over the place. He, yeah, he looked back to the the form he had winning Kitzbühel.
0: It was um, it was a, certainly a weekend for no mistakes or a race day for no mistakes on that pitch. Like that top section actually makes that racetrack without the top section when they have to lower the start, it's a full tuck fest and isn't that exciting. That thankfully that top section was uh, a little bit tougher than it has been in previous years, so it actually brought out a little bit more racing. But there was absolutely no room whatsoever for a mistake down there
1: it's really tight isn't it yeah for and a downhill it look, it looks really tight although there's not maybe the the kind of narrow gaps that you get on the the marquee names like kitzbühel and Vengen, but the the turn shape just looks so much tighter than some of the other races most of the way down obviously you've got some gliding in there as well it, it seems like i was watching it and for a change this year the snow wasn't Terrible, you could yeah. see where you were going. It was the only race bright. we had for um, so long, and it, it just looked like a brilliant race all round. Like, it had something in it for everyone. Yeah. The snow stayed firm enough. There were a couple of gates that got a bit bumpy, but really, not anything Nothing ab- abnormally that, bumpy, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I was so angry on Sunday morning when I, I woke up and started getting alerts through that the start might get lowered, and then it was cancelled. And it was definitely the right call based on the conditions, as you know, sort of videos of the. Uh, officials saying it was cancelled and why and you could see everything blowing around in the background yeah and really, rain, super the Gita. rain on the
0: bottom section i think that was the killer the the or- local organizing committee had worked tirelessly through the evening that they wanted kilter to to race and to try and take the title and help him out with the uh, globe with the overall globe but it was it was too much that ra- well, as soon as the rain kicked in on that lower third it just meant that it was much too dangerous to run and in reality they made the right decision but by cancelling that race it meant that Cavietzel took the Super G title uh, and then Kriegmeier was second by uh, I think it was 3.2 or 3 points I can't remember exactly I haven't got the, the list in front of me and that also meant that Kilda had to settle for third place on the uh in the super G Tour title, and actually it turns out that that is only the third person to ever win the a globe having never won a super G World Cup in that season, so he Kavietzel was a man who was consistent from start to finish, picked up podiums, never had a dull weekend you know we saw Kilda who will be absolutely ruining that uh dnf in hinterstoder a couple of weeks ago
1: yeah we said at the time you know he was going for the win he had the overall in mind and he wasn't just going to get down to get more points than the likes of Pantero. but that you know skiing in the soft snow and nearly cartwheeling over the front of his boots has 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 really come back and 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 cost him when caveat as you said has been remarkably consistent all season um As has Kreekmeier. Obviously, he's got the the wins in there as well, but he has been there or thereabouts a lot of the season. Yeah, exactly.
0: But I think it's a real shame. And I was, like you, Ben, so frustrated, absolutely livid when I turned on the telly and I got got the notifications that we were delaying the start and that we were going to lower the start and then ultimately to then cancel the race. Um, I totally understand them cancelling a race due to poor conditions and it was the right decision in terms of from a safety perspective but we've got to start thinking about whether we have reserve days how can you how can all these athletes go all that way and not ha- i feel like the reserve day is um you don't even have to you, you can make a decision at the beginning of the week whether you're going to use that reserve day so you're not necessarily waiting making athletes wait until the friday to decide whether all the all the sunday to say that actually we're going to race on the monday you could make that decision the forecasts of relatively they're not 100 percent accurate but they'll give you a theme and it was always that that saturday night was going to be bad weather and actually today's weather the monday's weather was absolutely perfect it cleared up through uh, sunday evening it was cold overnight the temperatures were nice and low so the piece would have been in absolute pristine condition for us to run a super g day today i understand that travel is difficult and logistic wise and cost of not being able to book your flights early enough in advance. But we, you, you can't just have a, a, a World Cup Super G, five races that was supposed to, was that six races, five, six races this year in Super G for a go for a Super G main discipline. Yeah, in World that's Cup, that's, that's, that's a bit
1: frustrating, especially when you think of you know, if all of the races go ahead, the Solomon guys sometimes get up to 12, mm. um, you know, you get a couple. Uh, night events in there obviously it's slightly different discipline this year but it's a it is a bit of a shame and obviously I, I wasn't tracking the forecast too closely but if it was always going to be touch and go they used both downhill training days as well mm. so the program itself kind of had a spare day obviously it it's you can it's difficult because they say that you can't plan the week based on on the weather that far out you know if mm. if it had turned out that the they, done they tried to run the super g too early um or earlier in the week yeah um perhaps the downhill might not have happened or something but it seemed like there was enough good weather days in the program that they had yeah that they could have maybe done a downhill training run uh then the super g and then the downhill before the bad weather came in but I don't like to second guess. I'm not in charge of running the races. I don't know what they have to contend with in a week. The, the athletes would probably complain quite a lot if they lost a day um, at the start of the week, even uh, if it turned out to be the right decision at the time. They'd probably take a lot yeah, of the they might complain a Yeah,
0: they might complain a little bit, but I think ultimately nearly everybody, even I, I think even Caviezzo would have wanted to run that Super G. I felt like, I don't know if you guys watched it, uh, on Eurosport, certainly, we stuck around. Obviously, we didn't show the race because it wasn't the race, but we stuck around and watched the Globe um, being awarded yeah. to to Caveat. So, and I felt like he was a little bit muted because he. I feel like he. we all... You want it to be at the bottom of a race where you've competed. Yeah, not just be like, oh, well, I kind of not got lucky because there's no way he did get lucky because he's, obviously he's been the most consistent in the races that we've had all year, so thoroughly deserved. But I'm sure he would have wanted... To really stamp his authority, and he's in some top form. He would have wanted to walk away from that, going, "I've earned, I fully earned this, and I got to show my best." So he would have wanted to, you know, not. He doesn't want to be the third ever World Cup, yeah. He could Globe he winner used, that hasn't he, ever won a Super G in in that season.
1: Yeah, he could he? He probably would have wanted that race to be the one where he did pick up the win. Yeah, and, he was and on as good know. enough a good a form as he's been in his career, so he, I'm
0: sure he would have absolutely wanted to. I feel like there's a. It, it's just frustrating in in a time period where. We've lost... Obviously, we've lost World Cup Finals due to the, the virus, but also we lost the women's races in Ofterschwang, the furious weekend due to lack of snow. We've had very difficult snow conditions throughout this winter. It's been a real topsy-turvy winter. not been a great winter for racing in terms of snow conditions. It's been a topsy-turvy winter for holidaymakers as well, I think, over in Europe, certainly. Um, but I feel like... We had a buffer, and we should have been a bit more prepared. We, I mean, Fizz should have been a bit more prepared and gone. Do you know what? It doesn't look great for the Sunday, so yeah, let's take one of those downhill days away, or maybe Fizz have to start thinking about a reserve day. Look at the Japan incident in terms of the tech weekends that we had in Naiba, where we ran a a um, the GS and then had to cancel the slalom. So you've gone all the way to Japan, cancelled, had cancelled the slalom on the Sunday. Would it have been better to have a reserve day on the Sunday? Absolutely, it would have been better to have a reserve day. And then we would have got a slalom. Now that slalom's been binned off, and we're talking about settling the slalom tour title. Um, there's two points between Christofferson and Clem Noel over the slalom globe. So these races matter. It matters to the sponsors. It matters to the racers. And I feel like... I don't know whether you... Because we've gone a long way for one race, you know, Japan is a hell of a long way for one race. Because or we? Norway... In terms of you know we've come back from Europe we've gone over to from Central Europe we've gone over to Scandinavia to come and to do one day's racing through three days worth of competition I feel like it just needs to needs to be a little bit better planned because it's just too much I feel
1: yeah but maybe just,
0: I'm just a bitter fan because I wanted to see some racing yeah
1: I mean to be honest with you I'm, I'm of the same mindset I'm just angry because I haven't seen any any racing uh, anywhere near as much racing this season as, I, as as I'd like but just. Popping back to the the downhill this weekend for a couple of other uh, pretty solid efforts um, over the weekend. Travis Gannon yes, finishing matching off the season with a with a bang with a fifth, matching his uh, season's best. He looked he looked really fast. Yeah, it looked I was, great. I was really, happy really good with performance his. from him. One of my normal favourite picks, uh, Max Franz he looks so slow on those fishers. Can we get the man some speed skis, please? <laughs> um, he's had was, a tough year. That really was upsetting. I mean, he, he is coming back from injury, but he—I mean, he's been he coming back look, all season. To he didn't be fair. look like he was doing anything wrong. And then come the third split, he was two seconds down. I, was I like, think oh. for, for him, he's probably one of the only people that's actually quite happy that the super <laughs> <team was> cancelled. <laughs> he just arguing. wants
0: to get rid of this season, put those skis away, take a couple of weeks yeah, off, yeah. and start again.
1: Get him, get, him, get him something else. Come on, he's Austrian Atomics. What about? <laughs> um, also, we had uh, Alexander, uh, Cameron Alexander from Canada from Bib 40 coming into 10th. That was really Im- Im- impressive uh, on his part. Didn't get to see the run uh, because, obviously, the the, the TV coverage, yeah. I think, had finished by then. Yeah. And Nicolas uh, Raffour of France, uh, 21st into 9th. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, Finn uh, was on the commentary this week saying that yeah. sometimes that Piste is quite good sometimes for later starters. Yeah, because it warms it, up it, slightly. It, it warms up enough that the snow becomes fast without uh, digging holes in it. Yeah, so yeah. there are a couple of, of people that came through. Um, uh, young Daniel, I don't to try and say his second name, Hemitzberger uh, from Austria, oh, yeah, 35 into, nice. into, into yeah. 15. isn't Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were, there were quite a few good performances from people slightly further out. Um, in the start list, which is a, a good sign for the future. Yeah, um, Foytz picked up his
0: third globe back to back, which was uh, very impressive. That he's that consistency, like Caveat Cell's been in the in the uh, Super G,
1: but even more so. I mean, he's been a podium machine this season, yeah. and that's one of. The, I mean, this weekend was one of the only weeks he wasn't on a podium. Yeah. I think there was one other race downhill this season that he didn't podium again this season's been so frustrating because I feel we lost out on a really great battle between him and Paris because yeah. Paris was doing his thing where he comes across to Italy and starts winning Smashes three races in, in a row or a couple races in a row and, and really sets up yeah. you know Foits normally has the early wins and then Paris gets in Absolutely. the middle stretch of the season and Absolutely. it's set up for the back end of the season for them to like start exchanging wins and, and unfortunately Paris's injury kind of robbed us of that but Foyce is just he's been unstoppable after a lot of back injuries a lot earlier in his career, three globes in a row really goes to show he's either incredible at fighting through the niggles and the injuries. I just think he's
0: just got, he's just so efficient. You're watching the guy ski. uh, He isn't the fittest, isn't the strongest from, you know, externally. Obviously I've never, I've not seen his fitness test results and maybe I'm totally wrong, but, um, I would be very very surprised if he's the fittest or the strongest on the Tour, but he just is incredibly subtle, has great feeling on his skis, and he just is able to back that up week in, week out. Um, shall we move on to this coming weekend, which is going to be an absolute belter, as long as the weather gods play ball. Uh, fingers crossed for that. So the women are racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The women race parallel slalom on Thursday. They race a night GS on the Friday, and then they finish off with a slalom on the Sunday up in RA Sweden, uh, whilst the men race in Gora, Slovenia, super, um, giant slalom, sorry, on the Saturday. And slalom on the Sunday. Like I said in the intro, there are, on both the men's and the women's sides, we're looking to settle the slalom globe, the giant slalom globe, and the overall globes are still up for grabs. It's going to be absolutely nip and tuck.
1: The plus side of having no races all season is everyone's still really close (laughs) on the points. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So there are... 300
0: points on the women's side, up for grabs. And on the men's side, only 200 points, obviously with two races versus three races. The women's overall, Brianoni leads by 153 points over Schifrin, um, who's in second place still after having a, a few weeks away from the tour. And Vlahova is in third. She's 189 points back. So technically, all of those women can still take the title. Uh, So what are your thoughts, Ben? We've got, yeah, three races left, 300 points up for grabs. Where is your gut in terms of what we're going to see from Schifrin, if we see Schifrin at all?
1: Yeah, so she said she's going to return to the tour, which is, I think, a sensible decision in terms of don't say I'm coming to race and then. Decide to pull out because, yeah. that will, you know, a lot of a lot of her fans will be really excited and then really upset and mm. just and and also for herself. To keep expectations on the down yeah, road. and also for herself, she has no idea how she's going to feel uh, turning up, getting ready to race, um, and then actually turning up on the day. You know, her dad was such a like big part of her racing career. It may well bring on a whole another set of emotions. She hasn't had a chance to. Uh, deal with yet so if she skis you know we've said over the years when she skips races for you know long-term kind of health and fitness reasons she doesn't like racing unless she thinks she can win so if she's coming back with that mindset everyone be on your game because she's not going to just turn up and and have a gentle ski she might not be at her absolute best but she will be giving it her absolute full if she is there to race so if she decides to race I think we're going to see a Schiffering contending for podiums obviously she wants to win um, but after a few weeks off she might be a little bit rusty while everyone else has been churning out races on the tour you know Vlahova and Brignoni haven't exactly missed a step in those last few weeks. No. If anything, both their games have, have got even better in the last few weeks. Um, but it would be great if Schifrin does race. It would be a bit of a, not a dance group, because Brignoni has been incredible this season. But it would be a little bit of a, a downer if, if the season finished without Schifrin having another race. Because she was in, as, as usual, pretty exceptional form.
0: Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Shifrin talked about in... I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Um, we retweeted uh, a bit that Shifrin had put up on social media saying that she's done a bit of skiing. She's done a bit of training. She struggled a little bit with the sort of longer concentration. You know, she's been able to do a few runs before it, it becoming a a little bit too much from what she's, from what she's put out on social media. So... Um, I think the only way that Schifrin will race this weekend is if she has the um, the form and feeling that she can challenge for wins, but also if she has um, the... I'm trying to find the right words for it. The mental strength or the the ability to put everything into this competition because that's what she... Has been doing her whole career is just bringing out her best performances, and I don't think we'll see a Shifrin racing if she isn't able to push how she needs to push because that's just not who she's about. So, the overall is absolutely wide open. The slalom and the GS titles are the GS titles are pretty close. Brunoni leads Vlahova by 74 points. Schifrin is 93 points back and Bassino is uh, 98 points back with 100 points left on the table. It looks almost done and dusted. You're looking for a mistake from Vlahova, uh, from Brunoni sorry, um, to leave the door open for uh, a sort of turnaround in the Giant Slalom Tour standings.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, would you say GS is... Brunoni's best discipline. Like this year, she's been oh, such know. an all rounder. Like, like, yeah. Going into the season, you probably would have said that was her primary discipline. But uh... pressure does incredible things that
0: to, to people, and I think Brunoni will be feeling the pressure. I really think she will, uh, and she's come to this season. A, a bit under the radar in reality, because you t- think about the women's tour and you think Vlahova and Schiiffer in start of the season. Do you talk about Briononi? No, not really. You talk about Holdner potentially. You talk about maybe Gissin coming through as a as a proper all rounder and t- picking up podiums. I think Briononi has been has the has had the luxury, should we call it, of of coming to this season as an underdog. And very quickly established herself as somebody to watch.
1: Yeah, you you'd normally have her down as one of the kind of seasoned campaigners mm. that's a, will occasionally podium, but this year something has clearly happened, and and a, a switch has been flicked, and this season she has been on fire. And we see with some people they burst onto the scene and win a couple of races, a bit like Robinson did, yep. although she picked up a bit of an injury. Um, but we we see it every now and then people burst onto the scene win a couple of races and then all of a sudden the spotlight being on them week in, week out suddenly makes it so much harder to continue to do it whereas Brunelli seems to be having an absolute whale of a time being the centre of attention being asked all the questions and she just looks like she loves racing
0: yeah and it looks like those that little bit of uh, sort of all of a sudden having a bit more attention to you for some people that Actually breeds good performances, and I think that's bred good performances in her. But coming to this final race, we I think we'll see because it's a decent margin. You know, seventy four points is a, a long, uh, you know, a lot of positions in terms of uh, first to. Uh, I guess seventy four points has got to be down into the twenties in terms of a position. For that amount of points, so Vlahova will have to win, and Brunoni will have to be outside the top twenty, let's say uh, roughly. So it's I don't I don't believe Brunoni is going to throw that much weight, but we will see how how she holds up to a real, real, real intense pressure that will be on her shoulders come uh, Friday's night GS.
1: I mean that's going to be fun. I love a night I, race. I mean yeah, I I love night races pretty it's, it's, it's surprising the parallels. Are, uh, a daytime event and the and the GS is a, is a night event. But I
0: I, used, I raced a, a night race um it was when when the British team used to be based out in Lofer and we raced just close to Aust- uh close to Lofer and in just over the German border I'm struggling to remember the name of it. But we raced night GSs there. I absolutely loved it. But the first three turns were in the dark. <laughs> didn't have enough. Didn't no, have enough floodlights. No, so there was like one beak one sort of main light at the top, which was by the start, and then the actual sort of lights down the side didn't start for another like forty, fifty meters. So you're tucking out, pushing out the start gate with a bit of light behind you, casting a shadow as you're trying to skate. And then all of a sudden, you do two turns. Properly in the dark, uh, and then you burst out into the uh, floodlights again. So you
1: need a need a piece bash with its lights on at yeah, the top behind I, you. I, I don't Quite think. Like I, the think
0: way. I think the Scandies are a little bit more set
1: up to. Uh... I think I think Irish <laughs> probably got a little bit better, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a little bit better preparation for that. Um, but obviously, that, that that piece's nice. We obviously we had the World Cup finals there. last would yeah. it be the same piece? I didn't yeah. I didn't see any floodlights at the World Cup finals. So I no, don't know. no, we were the same just... piece. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that can take points off each other. You know, now that Robinson is coming back and, and Luke probably won't let us forget that he did pick uh, Robinson last time. The uh, Luke who? Race race, yes. L- Luke, Luke who? Never heard of him. Luke, that guy who came last this week <laughs> joint last with Marcel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, yeah, there's lots of people in there that can, can take points. Obviously, one of my favourites, Tessa's. Tessa's back. She's <laughs> back. She's been racing some Super G. I've actually should I just um, put her down for your picks now. No, Now there are points involved and in standing <laughs> to take it a bit more seriously
0: now. Um, obviously, but first up, so the, the that's Friday evening for the Giants. The Parallel Slalom is first up and that is on the Thursday. I'm not sure why, we're, why, why it's going to be Thursday. I'm not sure what the reasoning behind it being Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, I guess that's down to RA when they want to have stuff um, uh, taken over the mountain maybe but so this parallel slalom, who knows? We've not had a parallel slalom this year. Uh, So it's a bit of a shot in the dark, but as I got the most points, just to remind you, uh, Ben, from this one one race last weekend, um, you are able to go first.
1: Excellent. Um, In that case, I'm picking Vlahova. So (laughs) she's virtually unstoppable in parallels. Um, Um, Yeah, it's, you can't really see anyone else beating her up unless she makes a mistake because she has been historically dominant. Yes, in, in this format, so to speak. Um, um, so you're yeah, right. That's my pick.
0: Uh, so I am going to have to try and say somebody relatively smart. Uh, I'm going to go Leansberger. So those are that's my for the PGS, PPSL. Sorry, the parallel slalom. Uh, that then leads us back to what we've just been discussing for the giant slalom.
1: Um, and again, because I get to go first, um, my pick for that—I mean, I, I just put Brienoni straight down.
0: Are you going Brienoni for the win? Yeah, it, for the win. on oh nice. GS,
1: yeah. Um, uh, okay. She's just been on fire. I can't. I can't look past her at the uh, I'm going to go Robinson. Ooh.
0: I feel like Alice. She skied incredibly well. That was one of the times where she properly burst onto the scene with that second run charge from the World Cup World Finals. Championships. Was it World Championships? So she is going to do the business. Should we discuss the slalom a little bit more at length? Schifrin, Vlahova. There are 20 points difference in the slalom tour standings. Vlahova leads with 460. Schifrin has 440. And... No
1: one is anywhere near, apart from nobody
0: that. else is anywhere near. So, I feel like this is almost a uh, you're gonna go one, I'm gonna go the other, Are you gonna chug, Do, chuck, chuck, do chuck We in? know what
1: happens if they draw.
0: I think it's win count back, um, I believe,
1: but we will, I guess we might find out. Get, we will see at some point. Um, but yeah, so with 20 points between them, that could be as much, you know. A Schifrin 1, Vlahova 2 takes you to dead heat Yeah, over, over the season. Do you think Anna Sven Larsen will
0: be on form again? Because I think that was the last slalom, wasn't it? In Kranzgogora for the ladies. Where she was winning, Where she was winning and, and, uh, and winning three, the second run. Three gates
1: from the end with a healthy margin and then... One and nine tenths of a win. Catapulted. Yeah. Catapulted herself. Um, well, without Absol- jumping the gun too far, she was actually my pick um, okay. uh, for this race. This is one of the, not, it's not. she's not an outsider, but realistically you would be looking at Schifrin or Vlahova for the win. But I just thought she was on such good form. And providing that hasn't knocked her confidence too much, You're gonna she go. should still be skiing that well. Yeah. And she seems like it's the kind of... It's been a while of, though, hasn't it now? It's eat. been like, th- Was it been, three weeks? Three weeks of great training. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like your optimism. Exactly. Light and, optimism. And hiding from anyone who sneezes or coughs. Uh. <laughs> she's
0: yeah, well, uh yes, okay. um So you're going to go, Sven Larson. I want to say Schifrin because I think if she starts, she wins. I wonder whether. What do you think, Ben? We should maybe have a little caveat to a Schifrin pick, as we don't know that she's going to start, or are you going to m- make it a bit brutal for? No, what, if you pick what you,
1: Schifrin, that's the risk you take.
0: It's the risk we're yeah. gonna take. So she's either g the right. reason I'm not picking
1: her. Oh, is that the are you you're yeah. you playing
0: that is a long that is well, a cheeky long game.
1: Well pl- plus I'm used to not being allowed to pick Schifrin, so I just generally tend to discount her from, from picks anyway. Oh. Um well, but, that, now I feel like I need to be a bit more tactically smart and maybe I should just pick Vlahova, even though I think shifrin is gonna do the business if Schifrin races. It's all mind games. If Marcel was here, he'd be picking Pintero for the women's races as well. <laughs> you can't pick a whole country either. No, but I feel like, I feel like Schifrin should, you we should get an asterisk. Well, I mean, you're the one who looks after everyone else's picks. So. I mean, I am in charge. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to go through everyone's first and second picks, then uh, that's no, that's, no. Only, that's why I'm being brutal. It's just easier to do the spreadsheet that way. Okay. about Wendy getting a big win? No, Wendy's not winning. No, I no. think she's cursed. <laughs> I don't know. I
0: feel like she's a. It's she, been quite. She's been quite a long way off. I think in terms of um of that. No, I'm gonna go and Stick my neck out. If I don't win, I don't win. I'll just doctor it so that I do win. I already did that to somebody's points earlier on the week. Gave them one less. So I'll just give myself more points in other events. So uh, yeah, you, I'm gonna stick my neck. You will out. get called out on. That I'm gonna get you did last week the, Yeah, <laughs> the
1: Ed Maths will not. I, I, I can't add. <laughs> I <laughs> can't, can't. add. Can't read. No, can't do anything. Athlete, exactly. exactly. Um. So. We've also, hopefully, got a bit of British interest in these races. Yeah. Do you reckon we'll see Charlie in the parallel? At what, I mean, we're yes. qualifying. How many they let, they let in more than enough, don't they? She, yeah, she, she so I, I think
0: we'll see Charlie in the parallel. We could see Tilly in the parallel as well. she qualified in classic slalom, whereas we haven't seen that from Charlie yet. We've seen her qualify in... oh, uh, It was a parallel slalom yeah. earlier on in the season. Yeah, so we've seen her, we saw her pick up points in the parallel, but she's not picked up points in a classic slalom yet. Um, But we've seen that from Tilly. Yes, I believe that we'll see both ladies on the start list. Um, I think that they've got a decent shot and it's all or nothing now. We're not looking for World Cup finals anymore. It's a last chance saloon, put the hammer down. Let's see what we can get. We've got Tilly. Alex Tilly, who's got, I think she's in twenty fourth in the standings, World Cup start, standings. So she was on the plane essentially to World Cup finals. Uh, so I, I'm going. I'm going to back Tilly actually. I think for a top twenty this weekend. I think she's definitely going to uh, to want to go out on a high. And I feel like she's.
1: It would have been close. She's twenty ninth in the GS. Yeah, but I think currently. that there's a bunch of injured. people. Yeah, I think
0: there's a few people in there that aren't. Uh, on there so yes it would have been touch and go would have been close but I, I think she's going to get top 20 this weekend
1: how would you say you feel about her season as a whole this year um, I don't know I
0: started off being really excited about what she was going to bring she put in great performances early season went off the boil a little bit picked up another little niggly injury that, that weekend
1: um, in the in the States uh, what was the race yeah uh, Killington where she Killington. qualified in GS and slalom. Well, had an amazing weekend there and then a couple of really good runs in other races mm. but I th- I thought after Killington her season was really going to catch fire but like you said she's had a, some niggling injuries along yeah, the way which, which a are of so frustrating when you have results like those you yeah. sh- really want to kick on but you know it's it's been a solid season I th- think if you think back to last year we were saying she just needs to put two runs together and she has done that a couple of times yeah. this year maybe not quite as well as she yeah. can but definitely an improvement although yeah. because of that Killington result a bit like we talk about with Dave sometimes expectation one result becomes yeah. one one incredible result and all of a sudden you expect it every week or even the same amount of improvement right, every yeah. week
0: I, I think you know she's still not an old athlete so she's still developing she's still learning she's still definitely not reached the peak of her performances yet so let's hope that um and don't underestimate the power of a good finish this weekend how much that will make this summer more enjoyable and easier to train hard because the summer months are, are brutal they're by far if if you look at the whole se- the season as a whole as a year round the summers are by far the hardest periods in a in a year of of ski racing because you've got Crazy early mornings. You've got all the physical. You've got your skis prepped. You might not be um, actually tuning them yourself, and especially if you're the top of you know the top ten, the top fifteen, you might not be. But the rest of the guys will still lend a hand. Because you you think about how many skis nowadays one athlete has. You're looking at fifth, uh, 10 pairs of discipline probably for the best of the best, uh, and and certainly for the top twenty world cups you're so that's a lot of skis to train in so the athletes will be helping out a bit with the technicians to give them a hand to make sure that stuff's all prepped properly uh, and then the hours are long you're up at cracker dawn if you're staying in europe traveling around the glaciers you're up on first lifts you're hitting hitting the lifts at five o'clock in the morning to be training at sunrise to make sure you're getting good hard training or you're down in south america training crazy long days because you're looking to get in volume so it makes such a big difference how you finish the season to how you go through those brutal summer months. So I, I think that we're going to see some good performances.
1: Every time end. I had a decent last race of the season, it was just another good reason to actually race the next you carry season on rather on than retire. <laughs> You're like, oh, I scored a point. Excellent. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and
0: so that leads us on to the men's competition this coming weekend. So again, uh, giant slalom Saturday, slalom Sunday, same as the ladies slalom tour title on offer giant slalom tour title on offer and the overall title is very much up for grabs although I think if you look at the standings with the overall Kilda is on 1202 points uh, Alexi pantero is on 1148 so that's 54 points behind Kilda Christofferson is 161 points off of Kilda so that's it's not over, but it's—he's definitely the longest shot of the three athletes
1: who are who are up for grabs. Yeah, Um is going to need to win both races and have Kilda just not do anything in 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 either of them. Really, um, this one again because there've been so many cancellations of, of races and, yep. and all that kind of nonsense happening this season. It's really tight. And we've talked about it on a bunch of other podcasts. The no Marcel Hersher factor has made yeah. it a lot more interesting. But, you know, I was one of the people at the back end of last year saying he could easily have another two big globes and be have ten in a row. Yeah. And just have no one ever come close, even if, you know, Schifrin smashes his uh individual wins ten overalls in a row would be would have been an absolute monster. And watching this season is probably a at home laughing at how much these guys are not taking advantage of him not being there. Um, no one's really stamped their authority the way they should. I think Christopherson thought he would in the tech. Yeah. Um, and it just hasn't really come to fruition for him. You know, he's right there. But considering he was almost always second behind Hersher, I think he just thought that that would automatically... Allow him to and step let him in, basically step into those win all of the tech events yeah. and not have to worry about everything else.
0: Well, I think that actually leads us on to quite nicely a, a point that I'd quite like to touch on. We had a a couple of tweets in over the last few days about um, any points we want to talk about in terms of what you guys are, are thinking about back home, and one of them was uh, from a, a friend of mine who coaches who I coach alongside through the summers, and um, and he talks about athletes and focusing in on disciplines too early essentially be- deciding they're going to become a slalom skier or a giant slalom skier quite early on in their youth and sort of and it tends to be that way that you it's you focus in on the tech disciplines the speed disciplines go slightly to the back and then all before you know it you've not had a set of speed skis on for for years and you're still only 21 but i think if you look at these guys battling for the overall globes you that's obviously the nth degree. That's obviously the pinnacle of ski racing. And these guys are having to be good at all disciplines to try and pick up tour titles. But I, I think it's really easy to underestimate how it, you don't have to be competing in that discipline for it to have benefits on the rest of your skiing. I know Dave Riding sticks on his giant slalom skis and even the Super G skis uh, if <laughs> every so often. Uh, Just as because it comes in, you know, the technique that comes across in different disciplines actually will benefit your focus discipline. Uh, And I found it a lot. We'd stick. I wasn't a giant slalom skier by any means. Speed was definitely my thing. But sticking on the GS skis meant that I was focusing in on different technical stuff that you could then adapt into your speed stuff. And likewise, the same they do it for slalom to GS, Raposo, I know, skis in slalom training to help with this giant slalom. And I think it's really easy to to get honed in too early. And I think, you know, it's a great example that we're seeing. We've talked about multiple times already. You've got Kilda skiing, downhill super G and giant slalom. You've got Panther and Christopherson, or now Christopherson anyway, skiing slalom, GS and super G. So I think it's uh, it's it, it's a bit of a, it's easy, and but also limiting if you, if you sort of switch and decide too early
1: yeah I think from a young British racer's perspective a lot of the time it's just because you know multiple sets of four disciplines worth of skis is really expensive yeah Um, so you can focus on Slalom and GS because they're the ones you're going to do the most of yeah and they're the ones we can get the skis for most easily yeah Um, but I I completely agree it's it's very similar to uh, children growing up and even as much as concentrating on individual sports there's a lot of discussion about sh- when should a you a child specialize yeah. um and most of the you know high performance coaches out there say do as many sports for as long as you can because you use the physical abilities from all of them obviously if one of them causes you lots of injuries you shouldn't do it yeah. but you have in american sports they have it all the time the people go on to their college on scholarships for basketball and American football and some, sometimes something like lacrosse as well. If you're a sports freak and you're brilliant at all of them, do them. And it's the same with skiing. I mean, I did slalom and GS because I was absolutely terrible at speed events. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot glide. Um, and you, you've seen that and witnessed it and laughed at <laughs> it uh, on plenty of occasions. But if, a, if an athlete can do all of those things, it is, it is really important. Because you learn so much from time um, on skis. From from time on skis. And like you said, the different skill sets, the different movements, you know, when you're on the speed skis, you're slowing everything down. You're understanding how long a turn can take. And when you're talking about slalom, sometimes if all you ever do is ski slalom, it feels like you're rushing everything. So just putting on a set of giant skis every now and then and realising just how long a turn can take just gives you the appreciation of what goes into each turn, so you're not just thinking, get on it, get off it, get on it, get off it. Yeah. And it's it's definitely something that a lot of younger athletes need to consider. You might be brilliant at slalom and okay at GS and rubbish at Super G, but you can still benefit from it.
0: Yeah, well, I was a a, a slalom skier through my early years, and then I was racing and I scored, what was I? I don't know. Must have been about 20, and I scored old in old money fizz points 20 points in in slalom and i went off the following weekend because i was starting to do a bit more speed scored a sweet super g result was just off the podium europa cup and and that was literally the one of the last times i ever put on slalom skis basically they went right you can ski fast in a straight line we'll put you in and, and that was the end of my slalom <laughs> abilities but my best world cup result came in combined so then that's uh Something I'm quite proud of that, that we can do it, that that was possible in terms of being multidisciplined. And and but I think it is super important for athletes not to get too uh blinkered into performing in only one discipline and look at how that is now becoming you take it to the pinnacle of the sport and these guys are doing it, they're skiing multiple multiple disciplines all of the time. So we will now move on to the giant slalom uh competition on Saturday. Uh, if we just look at the overall title, Kristofferson leads Alexey Pantro by six points. Zubcic is 26 points back from Kristofferson, and Kranja is only 30 points back. So it's going to That's be tight, isn't it? a so crazy good. tight season. But before we t- talk about this, I just want to touch on the fact that uh, the Italians uh, are not coming to oh. Kranz So So... Um, We've had. Are they not allowed. Well, I'll read you a couple of bits. So, uh, Luca D'Ali Prandini has written on his social media says, "Hi, due to the uh, current coronavirus situation, our federation has stopped all activities. This means no training, and also I will now not race in the Kranska Gora competition." Um, that was posted on Life Christian Haugen's uh, Instagram account and. Life Christian says, uh, sorry to hear that. The World Cup's not the same without the Italians at the start. He then goes on to say, uh, and it's a little bit long, um, so this is uh, Life Christian Nesvold Haugen's view of the whole corona things, and he says, at FIS Alpine, if it's not safe for the Italian federation, uh, Italian federation of uh, of sports, um, for them to come, why is it safe for the rest of us? I mean, honestly, I want to race Kransko as one of my favourites, But to get to the next race, we all have to either drive or fly through the affected area. Italy is not the only affected area in Europe anymore. And after having raced down here, it's most likely I would have to put myself in a 14-day quarantine in a hotel when I get back home before I can see my family and friends, according to Norwegian Health Authority. Why? I've been to Japan, Australia, uh, Japan, Austria, Germany... Norway, in the last 14 days, we have the staff of the team that have spent time in Italy, not afraid to get myself sick, but I wouldn't want to give this virus to my grandmother when I come home. Just some thoughts um, and that's the end of his um, Instagram. So the Italian Federation of sport have decided that they will not be the Italians will not be competing. Uh, in the men's races but Brunoni is racing uh is on the start list in the women's competition so I'm not really sure where that differentiates um but what what are your probably thoughts on
1: because that? the Ali Prandini is 13th in the GS standings uh and Brunoni is first in the overall standings is probably where that decision comes in uh but interestingly, um, who's the best Italian? Vinaz is 11th, so he's not really doing anything. So the men they'd be sending, or the best men they'd be sending to the Slalom GS, GS, um, are not really in contention for anything. Um, it's tough to say. But Italy is one of the places where there does appear to be a, a, a problem at the moment with coronavirus in terms of they are... Closing down resorts because of it yeah. um, for for the for the next peri- for the next short period of time. But how many of their athletes are actually have actually been there recently? You know they've been as as Helgen has been saying they've been all over the place uh, with the World Cup. So if people haven't been going back home, are, are they at the same level of risk? I I don't know. I mean it's down to each federation. If fist put the race on, yeah. It's up to the federation to say whether they want their athletes to attend. Yeah, And then it's down to the athletes themselves because the Italian team could say, no, we're sending people. And Ali Prandini could say, I, I just want to stay in a little bubble for a little while and make sure I don't get ill. Yeah, um, it's It's really difficult because it is a huge media storm. Yes, it's clearly an illness, but there's also quite a lot of controversy about how bad it is in comparison to other illnesses that are far more well known about and yeah everything We seem else. to have
0: getting both ends of the spectrum like it is in life seemingly these days you're you're always at one end of a spectrum and then whichever end of the spectrum you're at you're then uh, you have a, a load of people giving you abuse for being either that end or the other end so I feel like um I don't I don't know where I stand on it I f- I, don't, I feel like the world has to keep going. They say, gone mad." Um, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't quite be as, uh, quite, quite as brutal as that. But I feel <laughs> like we have to keep going, because you think about and I know life is more important than your livelihood, but there's a lot of people that are going to end up being in very serious situations. I've had plenty of work cancelled over the next few weeks because of, of people not wanting to travel. Uh, and all of a sudden, there'll be lots of people, and there. there'll be tour ops, travel companies. There'll be, um, you know, people that are self-employed. These big corporations will be fine; they've got stuff to cover it. It's the small people, it's the it's the little guys, it's the independent companies, it's the small businesses, it's the sole traders that are the ones that are going to really suffer it. And you, you think about, you know, if a if a cafe doesn't have people coming into it for three weeks, that could be somebody's livelihood gone that could be their mortgage gone that could be them out you know and so i feel like it's not just about um it's not it's not as cut and dry as going well it's stupid to be doing anything outdoors and you should everyone should be inside and we should get on top of this like do do you know what i mean i feel like there's a bit of we need to tackle this in you know a, a typically british way of of keep calm think about the facts and and we'll sort of Try and come to some sort of, um, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of the right words, but
1: some sort common of common sense approach. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's have got games have been cancelled. Football. They're talking about cancelling I mean, football games. That, that's the thing with. I think it's especially a big deal with the Italians because they're the people who, have, you know, apart from China, appear to be be the people most affected. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to get into no, any no. trying to predict things. But realistically, if you said we don't want fans in a football stadium, guess what? They're all going to go and stand next to each other in a pub somewhere. So, well, the, that's a very the, valid point. The idea of everyone congregating together. I was watching some biathlon at the weekend um, because another race was cancelled. the um, <laughs> Biathlon wasn't cancelled. I kept that running. Um, and... They were saying, I can't remember where it was, but they'd said the official guidance was, don't come. It wasn't official behind closed doors, but it was, you know, health notices, don't come. And the fans just went, well, we do go to a bar and watch it, so we're just going to come and be, at least we're outdoors breathing into the air, rather than in a cramped small environment doing it.
0: I was chatting to a, a friend of mine today, and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about rugby it's a little bit for those North Americans it's a little bit like American football apart from they use an egg shaped ball and you can only throw it backwards and you wear less pads uh, but, but it's uh, the, the game this weekend in Ireland has been now uh, cancelled the Italy uh, no the uh, Ireland France game but if you're if you're a fan from France and have got tickets to go to Ireland to watch the rugby you bought your plane tickets you bought your uh, hotel stay the game might not be going on, but are you still... I'm probably going to still take that trip. You're going to Dublin. Yeah, yeah I'm probably going to still take the trip. I may not be going to watch a rugby game or sporting event, but I'm still going to take the trip, so I'm still going to be there.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, not everybody's going to do that, but I'm still... Like your point about the fans are still going to go there to watch it. Yeah, the Formula One, Bahrain, they're doing it in a couple of weeks' time. They've said that there won't be a crowd, there won't be fans there. Uh, I mean, you don't typically go to a, a pub or a bar to watch Formula One. But, oh, I don't know. Maybe you do. Isn't it something? I normally sit around eating eat Sunday roast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? So you're still, these sporting events still happening isn't going to stop people congregating to watch it. So, I, I mean, I think that's probably enough on, on coronavirus, but uh, clear as mud again with, like, most of the chats that we end up having <laughs> on here. Um, so back to GS, Ben, who... Right, oh, yeah, talking about skiing, yeah, my bad. Yeah, who is going to be your pick for the giant slalom?
1: Cransyagora—that's a fun hill. We saw it's brilliant. We saw, we saw the women's race in yes. there the other week because they they moved it from Maribor, didn't they? Yes, that's it's a good hill. Lot lots of terrain, some steeps, bit of everything. Um, I mean, I kind of took the rankings out of this well, one. Obviously, I'm picking someone good, but I just immediately went Cransgetch on home snow. I um, just he's had a really consistent season he's flashed at times Yeah, he's been my pick a few times he's still there or thereabouts like has kind of surpassed him in the last few weeks yeah but I feel on Holmes snow with a hill like Cranciogora the knowledge that Cranciogora will have of the hill and it will just come in second nature to him you saw what the uh, Slovenian women did at the race in Cranciogora they just High knew that up. hill yeah. so much better yeah. like all through the field the Slovenians were like 20 places higher up like with the higher start numbers than anyone else around them yeah, they really absolutely. shot up the rankings so I went Um I am um, as you can
0: well imagine I, I'm a little bit torn as usual Are you going to say Norway again <laughs> um, <laughs> Norway? I, my, I I'm head and heart in this one I I want zubcic to win and i think that he has the definitely the ability to win obviously um but i kind of feel that Pantero is probably going to be the guy that's going to get this done he is um he is very 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 good at steeps and this has a decent steep pitch right at the end very steep down there yeah, no, Marcel. Just note, to, note to you, he's not very good at gliding. He's very good at edging, <laughs> and so I, edging and steeps, edging and steeps. So, um, I, I do think that Alexi is, uh, is probably going to take the win, and yeah, so he is going to be my pick for the giant slalom. But uh, yes, but nothing, but nothing
1: but nothing but you want Zubchik to win
0: yeah I kind of I kind of hope he wins I hope Zubchik wins but I think Pantro is going to win fair enough Uh, Slalom Days
1: so that's Sunday last race of the season can, I pick, that, can I pick Dave yet? Um, uh,
0: I think Dave will probably punch you.
1: oh fine alright I'll, I'll go for the uh, way more predictable uh, pick instead and go with Clem and Noel mm-hmm I think
0: that is probably where my money would have been. Uh, I don't think Pantero is going to get this done in the slalom. I'm uh, in terms of the slalom standings, uh, Clement Noel is two points back from Christofferson. So I'm not picking the favourite of (laughs) these. Well done, you. Uh, So I think I, I am going to. I'm going to go Daniel Yule. I think Daniel Yule's going to get this done uh, on Slalom on the Sunday. Um, I think that we've also got British interest in both events. Uh, Raposo's coming back from uh, another little injury setback. Uh, Will want really want to finally crack this top 30.
1: Has he had a bad back?
0: He's hurt his back, yeah. He crashed oh, crash in training.
1: Goes, crash goes not great for a bad back. Yeah, there's a if hell of a lot of terrain. If it's If it's icy... It's a hell if of a lot cold, of there That's gonna hurt. Um, um, but last race, last race, all Go of it, You know, we've yeah.
0: we've seen we've seen points from the Brits. We've had a bumper season from a British perspective. Uh, sorry for those of you that, that aren't Brits, but we've had a bumper season for the Brits. We've had Alex Tilley scoring points. We've had uh, Charlie Guest scoring points. We have had obviously Dave scoring points. Now Laurie Taylor started to score points. And we're just waiting on Raposo to come and join the points party. Uh,
1: Sounds like a fun party. It's a
0: great party. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I hope he can. I think he's got the skill set too. I'm hoping that his back is in
1: good enough shape that yeah, we will I think see a lot's him going a second round. Yeah, but I think it's a It's
0: so tight again, as we've talked about multiple
1: times. Yeah, you, you a lot's going to depend on how strong he's feeling. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, with you, if, if he's not fully firing, don't even worry about the points. Just have a have a strong run that you're happy with. Yeah, finish like yes, obviously, run. if you ski your absolute best, you'll make a second run, you'll get World Cup points. But just ha- have a run that you're 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 happy with to close off the World Cup season, even if it doesn't make the split. Get yourself in a good place, like we talked about, to get ready for the summer. You know, if you if you're going into the summer months uh, with a with a rubbish run on your mind, it's just going to annoy you. Uh,
0: and how does Dave finish off this season with a win. With a yeah, well, that would be nice. But how does Dave finish off this season and sort of park it as a a good season? Because it's been up and down for Dave this year. I don't think it's it's been the lightning season that we've seen from him in the last couple. How does he? What's a positive result finishing off this World Cup season for Dave?
1: So top ten for Dave, I'd say would be probably better than solid. That'd be good. You'd be happy. Would you be happy with If, with, if, if I was Dave, I would be happy. Yeah, I mean, with if the I was 10, Dave, I I'd be happy with a top thirty. So um,
0: <laughs> no, but if in terms of in terms of perspective now, we talked about how the how good performances allow you to expect better results. But for you as a fan, what will you be happy with?
1: I, I'd be happy with a top ten. I mean, we've seen yeah, some ones this season where it's been agree. kind of fifteen to twenty, and when it's fifteen to twenty you feel a little bit like Deployed. he's left something de- on the hill, yes. um, even if he hasn't, it might have been that there was a mistake in there. Yeah, there? he's he's been holding back by any stretch. But you, when it's fifteen to twenty or anything further back than that, I I feel like there's there's more from Dave, on, and he probably won't be happy. Obviously, we know he's capable of podiums, but to round off the season, if he can get in that top ten, that's that's a solid effort. If he can push it in the top five or a podium, then we'll be. Dancing in the streets, again. exactly. Um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, he's capable of it. He knows the hill as well. He's raced there a bunch of times now. He's got nothing to fear of it. And it's just, it's so hard to tell. It's been such a soft, start season for everyone. Um, but I, th- I think Dave, Dave can have a strong result and, and round it off. Makes sense. I, I think so too. Uh,
0: you, you're right. I'm one of the things I am hoping above all else for this final weekend is that we have some. Decent snow conditions underfoot.
1: Have all of the races would be nice as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: well, that would be nice, and that? that's uh, that's frustrating. But to just have some good snow conditions so that we can finish off this season on a positive note. Get this done, uh, and then get the athletes back um, and out of uh, out of so much traveling.
1: Yeah, I want just looking at the. Obviously, we've we've talked about the overall, but the slalom standings. there has been nine slaloms. Country's only picked up two hundred and eighty-six points, and as someone who you'd think of as a tech specialist that is dabbling in speed, you know, yeah. he's, he turns out he's quite good at it, but it's not been his primary focus. He could have had the overall wrapped up by now, yeah, easily. He's had a lot of bad results in slow. Or did he, have, he had Was it two? No, three races back to back DNFing.
0: Didn't he have two straddles and a two straddles and a. Uh, and just an inside and, or something. And, i can't remember. So yeah. basically—I'm sure it was three. It could have been, may, may have been only two, but I think it was three that he had DNFs. And you just—you can't really afford DNFs now. Look at look at Kilder in terms of the overall, and obviously the Super G Globe. One DNF has been the difference between him taking an, the overall Super G Globe, yeah. and probably in all likelihood losing out on the overall because Pantero is 54 points back in the overall. Uh, Kilda is easily good enough to top 5 he is not podiumed in super G and giant slalom this year he what is he ranked in 6th or 7th in the giant slalom tour standing so he's he can pick up a decent amount of points but Pantero wins and he's outside the podium you know that's uh, that's was it first to to um third place 60 points for third place so you've got 40 points already gone so you're in 6th or 7th and you've lost that already before Pantro's even stuck on yeah. his uh, slalom skis.
1: Yeah, it's it's just so strange. I don't know what what's happened to his slalom skiing this year. Obviously, he's still good because he's still in the mix and he's very, very fast when he gets it right, but he's just been so hit and
0: miss. Okay, so when it comes to our picks, uh, you guys are getting involved, which is great. Continue to get involved. Send in your picks. Use the hashtag on twitter of tsrp predictions so the ski racing podcast prediction i should have thought about this name when, when you I... named the ski racing podcast yeah you too, have many, words. too <laughs> many words too many words are too many turns <laughs> uh, so yeah get involved the deadline for the picks is going to be let's call it midnight on Wednesday Wednesday evening because the races on Thursday are the first set for this coming weekend so you've got until midnight on Wednesday to get your picks in uh, to join in with us and see how uh, you fare against us who don't know what we're talking about. Ben thank you very much for joining me again Uh, and that is all we've got time for let's hope this weekend goes off goodbye for now.